Matchup for the 35. Lawrence firing. Agnew's open. Jamal Agnew has it. Touch inside. He will score. Welcome back, Jamal Agnew. You would never know how bad he said he was feeling yesterday by the way he's been playing tonight. Yeah, we may take some of that stuff, too. Seven <laughs> catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, getting free is Joshua Palmer. And finally, something good happens for the Chargers. Josh Palmer, 79 yards. After missing five games and hanging his head is Robertson. Cup in motion. Stafford off the play fake. Looking long for Cooper Cup. He's wide open. He's got it in stride. He's going to go in. 62 yards. What a breakdown by the Commanders. And the Rams capitalize right out of the gate. Purdy operating out of the gun. Every play on this drive has been a run until this throw. And it's Debo Samuel. Touchdown, San Francisco. Brock Purdy. Perfect. All the way back to his days as a Baltimore Raven. There's Flacco. Looking downfield. Open. And Cooper <laughs> makes the catch and breaks free. Cooper tiptoes all the way for the touchdown. Mike Evans got Rashad White, but Chris Godwin's been fantastic. Third and four, and that pass is caught by Moore. First down and Moore. David Moore exploding to the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. A 52-yard strike. Played the position that kind of way and, and was smart with the ball. And But by the time he finished, he was a game changer. He said people wanted all their quarterbacks to look like him. Brissette for McLaurin, and he's got it. Touchdown, Commanders. Throw it in the perfect spot, 29 yards. He beat Kendrick. 28-13. A good idea based on the coverage that he saw where he wanted to go with the ball and got it out quickly. No huddle here. Stick. Looking. Look out from behind. And the ball is out. It's going to be ruled. It's, and it's alive and going to the end zone right now for what is ruled a touchdown is John Jenkins. Second and goal. Myers is going to throw. Touchdown. Devontae Adams hauls it in. Now the second receiver to Case Keenum's right. Keenum looking for a big play. It's picked off. Intercepted. Elijah Molden. And it's going to be a pick six. From the 42. Let's see if one of these linebackers wants to stay with Kyler Murray to discourage him from running. Murray. Step. Deliver. It's intercepted. San Francisco gets the pick. It's Ward. High kicking it. All the way. Touchdown, 49ers. Flacco on first down over the middle, and it's intercepted. Off the deflection, it's Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds 
on the move. Flacco trying to make the stop. He can't do it. And Edmonds is in with a pick six. Seahawks on top. 48 seconds to go. It's second and 10 with three receivers to the right. Browning looking. Pressure throws it deep. And the ball is caught by T. Higgins at the one-yard line. And it's actually called a touchdown. Somehow Higgins got it across the line. Now we'll have to give that one a look. It's close to see if that ball is already on the white as he's reaching it over. It is confirmed a touchdown, so he came back from out of the end zone. The second down and 13. Oh, baby, unbelievable. Jack Jones, they do it again. I mean, there are bad dreams, and there are crazy bad dreams. And for the Chargers, it's been that kind of a night. This is unbelievable. It's like he was in the huddle. He's Look at him jumping. He, he reacts quicker than anybody from the offense. It's like he knew that with that motion, this is the play they run to get it to 30. And he said, not on my watch. He just stepped right in front of it, one-hands it, and walks into the end zone. G'day, Aussie Gridiron fans. Welcome to another episode of G'day Gridiron, brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network. Uh, we're back for a bit of a chat on some Week 16 games. Yes, fans, we are at Week 16 in the NFL season. Boys, Brad and Manjot back with me again. Oh, boys, it's Week 16. It's it feels like it feels like we should need we need more football. But we're so close to the end, and I don't like it at all. Oh man, yeah, it, it, we we are near the end. And if you're playing fantasy football, you know you're you're in the the very end, the bitter end. Um, some some people some people was already the end last week. Yes, this is true. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 I've heard of, I've heard of teams in fantasy last week losing by point three. Oh, out of a out of a playoff scenario by point three. After, oh, that after... was me the week before. I lost by point one, if you guys yeah. remember. And then wow. I won that one as well by like one point nine after stat correction. How devastated could you be though? Like being, let's say, come uh, I don't know third in your league uh, overall, and then go into your playoffs as the third seed. So you're playing in week one and you lose by point three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. like it's. <laughs> yes, that would be horrendous. a kick in the nuts. Horrendous. It's just. Yeah, I've, I've 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 listened to some stuff this week where people were basically saying there needs to be a better way. It needs to. We need more. You know, you need more playoff in fantasy football. You can't judge a team by the fact that the players, the real life players, faltered in one game. You know, you've built a team all season yeah. over yeah. fifteen weeks, and then you know that one game you might have like one guy injured, or you know someone doesn't show up for their team, or. 
Well, yeah. that's the beauty of sports, man. That's it is the beauty of sports, but it's that's, just like... These oh, guys better go and watch the NBA, I reckon. You know, get absolutely. your best of seven series over oh, there. That's, I know, and that's what I was thinking too, man, John. And I was more thinking locally, um, like when I've played uh, super coach before, so NRL super coach, it's just, yeah. it's devastating because you get to finals times and you're like, why are these people not playing a game, you know, and they're resting players and you're like, oh, oh. God, how... Help me, and then you know, even with Super Coach, where you get points for your bench players because they're you know they're on and off fields and stuff, and it's just like you're losing by massive amounts for no reason. And I just I got so frustrated with that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got so frustrated with that fantasy football concept. I was just like, no, this is garbage. I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah, oh my goodness. If you're in a fantasy league, by the way, and you're playing until week eighteen. My God, there's something yeah, what are, wrong with the league. The what league. are you doing? What are you oh, doing? I Yeah, I'm in another league, and they they wanted me to go to week 18. They wanted the playoffs to go all the way to week 18. And I was oh. like, you guys are idiots. And luckily, I was a commissioner. I just I just kind of was hard and fast. I said, no, we're not going to do that. You can't so, do it because you don't. a team can just rest all their starters. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially if you got a team like the 49ers, which yeah. provide like four or five fantasy relevant players every week, and they rest everyone week 18 if they clinch the number one seed in yeah. week yeah. 17. Yeah. Like that that sort of thing could happen. Or like, even even yeah. earlier, some 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 years, you know, like so there's some seasons where teams have clinched their divisions like in week 14 or 15. And you know that the next few weeks are going to be garbage because they'll they'll throw them on for half a game and take them off, you know, mm, just mm. to get them. So they still get they still get uh, a time on the field and they're still keeping at what they're good at, but then rest them, you know, like you're resting them for periods of it so that they're they're ready for playoffs still. But it's just you can't. Yeah, it's hard enough week fifteen and sixteen, but I can see why a lot of leagues just finish up within the next week. Yeah. Yeah, week 18 is just garbage these days. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I was say while fantasy is winding down, the the playoffs, the real football is winding up, and that's exciting. Yeah, it certainly is, Brad. Well said. Absolutely is. So today, obviously, we had a uh, you would have seen a game between the Rams and the Saints, where the Saints went into LA to take on the Ram. Um, both teams were at seven and seven. So it was vital for both teams to to win this game uh, to keep their playoff hopes alive. Both teams fighting for uh, the seventh seed. So it was a very very important game for both sides. Um, and the Rams really they just took over from the start and and, and really rolled with it. By half time, you could tell which way the game script was going to go. Um, the Saints did come back in the fourth quarter with a lot of pseudo garbage time scoring, which made it a bit more of a game and brought it home at 30 to 22. But you can't get over it. The Rams and, and Matthew Stafford were playing amazingly. Matt Stafford ended up with 328 yards and two TDs in the game and absolute standout by Puka Nakua. Once again, nine receptions, 164 yards, one TD. Manjot, how do you feel? How do you feel the Rams went today? Yeah, I thought the Rams, they were 100% the better team, you know, and they've really showed that they could be a very big dark horse in the NFC. And I know that's a big statement to make, but I think they just, like, showed today that they are a step better than 
a lot of these teams and definitely are a top five team in the NFC. If you look at the NFC right now, going into this game, only the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, and Lions had a winning record. So the Rams joined them with a winning record today. So they're in the top five in terms of winning percentage now in the NFC. And I think that's that's a good sign for the the Rams. I think they could be a real dark horse for teams. I think they could uh, could shock a team in the in the wild card round as well. I'm I'd be concerned if I was a team like Philly, Dallas, or the Lions, where you've had like a pretty good run for out throughout the season and you win a division title, and then you got to play the Rams, who have been on such a good tear. In the last six games, they're five and one, and their one loss was a very close one to the Ravens, where they lost in overtime, of course. So, look, I've got to say it: the Rams really look like a dark horse team at the moment in the NFL. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Manja. And as a Cowboys fan, I don't, I don't want to face them. But I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I don't want to face anybody because I feel like we're going to lose to anybody. But um it's just yeah uh, they they are peaking at the right time this is what you you as a coach you want to get your guys ready now granted we still got a few weeks left for before the playoffs but i don't think anybody in the nfc wants to face the rams right now they you're you're 100 right they would be the number one dark horse to create an upset yeah yeah, definitely. In the NFC, definitely. I, I'd add yeah. the Browns in the AFC as well. So I really think those two teams could cause a lot of noise in the playoffs and really make it a tough race for other teams out there. So I think this is where in the playoffs, if you're playing against a team like the Rams, you've got to go up against Stafford, Cop, Nakua, Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. Mm. It's a really, really decent team across the board. They're improving in different parts. And I think it shows last year was a bit of an aberration as well for the Rams. They they really were bugged with injuries, especially to Stafford last season. I think this year they've really come back, really showing the world that, hey, you know, we still got some of that core together from the Super Bowl run two years ago. And yet we're still we're still fighting for a playoff spot here and we can really cause some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's a good point, man, Jot. And just quickly, I, I guess the thought I had during the game was what what do you feel the Rams really need going forward into 2024 to sort of to get themselves away from being that seventh seed fringe wildcard team and more into division division winners, conference champions, etc. Like, is there something the Rams need? Because I feel like they have a lot of talent They've they've amassed a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, and Matthew Stafford still plays an amazing game, mm. especially the way the ball comes out of his head and how quick he is to read defenses. Uh, and they've amassed some, but it seems like they're they're missing something. And and I, you obviously see a lot they're missing on on the defense. Like what what is it? Is there something specific? I, I personally, I think it's experience. I think it's just they are so young. And they're making just a lot of uh, young mistakes. And I think you'll see if they can stay together. So two things. I guess they need the experience so that you got to be able to stay together. And then I think health as well. Um, if they can stay. And that goes for everybody. But they've been really banged up, I think, more so than a lot of other teams this year. So going forward, if they can just keep that coaching nucleus together, 
keep those players relatively together. They're so young, especially on that defensive side of the ball, that they they could um, – I think that will put them over the edge. Because mm. nothing can beat experience, in my opinion. True, very true. Yeah, I think they need a bit more in terms of their front seven, especially. Mm-hmm. Especially talk about linebacker. I think they're a bit, bit light in the in terms of their linebackers, especially on the outside. But I think that they still got some young talent over there, and really they can make make a lot. They can get a lot right over there. I think also a potential other spot they could add is edge rusher. Get another edge rusher to pair with Aaron Donald on the D line. Really, I think that that is another spot where they can really upgrade and make life hell for opposing offenses. Yeah, if you look at the guys that they've picked up, none of them are like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a no-brainer they picked this guy up. But they've picked up a lot of guys that have just fit well in their system and that are doing really, really playing their best ball. So if they can continue that development, then hats off to McVeigh and his coaching staff. Absolutely. And of course, with that win today, the Rams do jump up the NFC conference uh, rankings to sixth, just ahead of the Bucks, the Vikings and the Seahawks, all who, all of who are going to really have to bring home the goods this week to stay in touch with the Rams now um, so they don't drop down like the Saints just have. So let's move on to we've got a couple of games on Sunday in Australia again this week. Of course, Sunday being Christmas Eve. We are in Christmas week. We are right there at the end of the year. So Christmas Eve games, boys. 8.30 game on Christmas Eve in Australia is the Bengals and the Steelers. Of course, we have Jake Browning once again for the Cincinnati Bengals. Bit of a, a bit of a fairy tale. He's playing really well for the Bengals at the end of the year, bringing home a couple of very much-needed wins and keeping them um, a little bit relevant, I I guess you could say. And at this point in time for the Steelers, uh, we don't don't 100% know who's going to be starting at QB, although they have alluded to one one name, Manjot. One name just out of the darkness, haven't they? Yeah, bringing back. Big old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. That's set up beautifully, man. Well done. <laughs> yeah, just just in time. They had to put Mason Rudolph in there. Thankfully, Miles Garrett is not playing opposing the opposing sideline as well. Just got to put that one in there as well. But look, whoever the Steelers put in quarterback, it just feels like they're going to suck. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I got to say it. But the Steelers... They are they're just not good at quarterback. That that's just plain and simple. I think a lot of the players have checked out as well. Obviously, this week George Pickens being the number one talking point by everyone in terms Ooh, of the Steelers. How very much. Lack of, yeah, lack of blocking effort. I mean, Jalen Warren had a clear touchdown there, and he's just like, no, nah, I'm not gonna fucking block for you, bro. I'm just gonna be like, I'm just I'm just gonna yep. lay out, you know, business decision, all this. But you know. I, the, I mean, the he big, says the he's big... going to avoid the Tank Dell situation. Dude, you're bigger than Tank Dell. God damn. The big, the big 
talking point I guess I've seen and the thing that it revolves around is a lack of culture at the Steelers mm. is, what, is what people have yeah. been saying. That, mm. that Brad, that that Steelers culture of old, a lot of the old guard feel like that it was passed down from the 70s, from the older players to the younger players as they came in. Um, and they, a lot of them have come out and said that they feel like uh, since Big Ben's left, that the link has kind of been severed a lot between those older and younger guys. And it, it may be a um, a lack of that those Steelers values and, and playing for the the black and the yellow. Yeah, hundred percent. And if if you're Tomlin, uh, you're super super worried about that locker room. Now I know he specifically came out and he's out job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And and I mean his resume speaks for itself. So you so you know he's going to get picked up, whatever. So he he's not worried about it from that standpoint. Um, but if I'm him personally, I I bench Pickens um, and I I don't let him play for the rest of the season personally, just because I I feel like when a guy doesn't show effort, don't give me the the safety argument. This is this is the NFL. You know, you're. This is what you're getting paid to do. If you're too worried about that to do your job, then you shouldn't be playing. So, I, I, I fear that he's lost the locker room already, and it's it's over and done with, and and he's going to be gone after the season. But I would rather go out on my terms with a little vim and vinegar, mm. and I I'd, I'd bench all these guys that are given attitude, these young guys, because they got to figure it out, they got to learn. Um, so, but that's just me, old school football talking. Uh, oh I man, just... I totally agree, Brad. I mean, look, you can't be putting up that sort of shitty effort. Like, let me be yeah. honest, Pickens got to go to the bench. I mean, look, me and Maddie, right? We own Pickens the whole season in mm. our joint fantasy team together. We just caught him this week. We're like, we're so done with this dude that we're like, he's not going to get shit done in fantasy. I think they should do that in real life as well. Just Put him on the bench, he, not cut him. But he hasn't. Him. He hasn't been achieving all year anyway. Correct. He hasn't been achieving. Yeah. So, so he's he's already playing down to his potential. So you can tell that it's not just a one-off. It's not just last week where he says he's worried about the Tank Dell thing. He hasn't been playing to to the best of his ability. And there are other comments that he made where I don't know things like along the lines of he doesn't know how he can play to the best of his ability when he's all he's getting is five-yard reads. Um, like there's a little bit you can agree with there in terms of offensive play calling and how it was, but yeah. we've seen it. We've all seen it with our eyes. We see we see him getting uh, running down the field and dropping dropping passes. And there's clearly oh, yeah. not there's clearly not enough. It, you've seen this. I've seen balls this. You've seen balls this this year from Pickett to Pickens, which looked like they were overthrown. But now we have to start questioning whether it was actually Pickens putting in not putting in enough effort yeah, to get to yeah. that ball. Was well, it really and, overthrown? So and he, 100%. And he, and he did get a deep ball thrown to him, a 50-50. So, you know, for the listener, 50-50 is obviously just what it sounds. Mm. It, it could be the defender that comes down with it or the offensive guy. And he 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 lost it. I mean, the other guy got it. And as a receiver, if you're going to talk smack and, you know, say, oh, give me the ball deep and all that, you gotta you got to put up um and he's not so not only is he not performing but he's got a bad attitude i say boot the sob yeah Look, we have to i mean he got have... mossed by a safety god dang <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's right we um 
we have to talk. Obviously, the Steelers have lost three straight now. But we mm. also have to talk about the Bengals a little bit here uh, yeah. in this game. We have to give them their due. They've won three straight here, um, and, and largely because of the way Jake Browning has played and, and the fact that the team, despite losing their franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow, have seemed to get better as they progressed through the season, which is a good thing because they were, they were terrible. They were dog shit terrible <laughs> at the start of yeah. the season. So yeah. that is great. But I, I think... It's been the strength for me. It's been the strength of of their defense and the way Lou Anarumo has been sort of crafting and creating that defense over the year. The, the, that strength in a defense that's been keeping them in games, but keeping them regular enough and, and being the backbone that has helped the offense get better through the season. Uh, and they're only three point favorites in this, uh, which I find astounding considering how Pittsburgh have played over the last. Uh, four or five weeks. So absolutely astounding. But I guess that's a lot of credit to the Steelers' defense as well. But yeah. um, but three-point oh. favorites, I, I expect them to be bigger, and I would I actually expect them to win more than that. Uh, yeah, I think the – well, the, the what's going to hurt Cincinnati is they lost DJ Reader, so he's on IR, and he was a big part of their D-line. And then um, – Chase is not playing this week as well. So you throw those two guys out of the out of the mix and that's going to have a huge huge impact uh, on them. But you're you're right Ian. Um they've been they've been playing lights out and it's largely in part because of the quarterback play. So that guy has earned himself a nice little contract next time he he comes up. Yeah, Browning could be a starter around the league. I do agree with that. I think I think he's really playing himself into starter potential. I, I think really where we have seen Browning, I think he's shown that he can come back as well last week, especially against the Vikings coming back from a 10-point deficit. Really hmm. showed his leadership. Really was, he's been able to out-duel like quite a few good teams as well, like Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Gardner Minshew and the Colts, I think that's a really good sign for the Bengals is that they have a guy like Browning who can win in any situation, it seems like. Yep. Makes me a little mad that uh, previous regimes of the Vikings cut Browning because he clearly had some potential. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's it's annoying. Yeah, you get it, you look at things now and you go, Well, this coaching would have seen probably seen some benefit in keeping a QB that had potential and mm. developing. But here he is now and he's done a great job. The, the Bengals have done a great job with him and he's done a great job for the Bengals. So it's great. Right, let's move on to the second of the Sunday games in Australia on Christmas Eve, the 12 o'clock game. We'll see the Buffalo Bills go into the Los Angeles Chargers home uh, at SoFi Stadium to take, take them on in a very, very important game for the Bills. There's a lot of must-win football over the next three weeks for the Buffalo Bills if they expect to not only be in the playoffs, but to really be up the top of their own division. Yeah. It's a it's a really interesting time for the Bills because they've actually looked really impressive 
over the last few weeks. I've been seeing a lot of power rankings as well. Some people even ranking them as high as like the third best team in the NFL right now, which I think is absolutely crazy. But I get it. Like they beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys and just lost to the Eagles in their last three games. They've mm. been on fire recently. Josh Allen, he's been taking a backseat to James Cook at recent times. They've just been letting the run game rip through. And I think that's a really good sign for the Bills is if they have a run game now in that cold weather stadium, they don't have to rely on Allen as much, give him a bit of help, and you've got a run game that's consistent that can deliver you the win. I mean, against Dallas, Buffalo just ran it every single time. Allen didn't even reach 100 yards passing. This guy, he did not need to do anything because James Cook, Latavius Murray, they just took over. And I think that's a really good sign for the Buffalo Bills is if they can really get that run game going, especially with the cold weather games coming up. Meanwhile, for the Chargers, boys, 63-21, fired Brandon Staley. Yep. Boy, that was... That was a rough week for them. They just they they lost it. But Staley's gone, which is a good sign, I think, for the team. He had to go, in my opinion. Yeah, Brad. The uh the Chargers obviously did fire Brandon Staley. They also fired GM Tom Telesco. Um, hmm. your your boy Kellen Moore apparently, from reports, turned down the job. Um, still hoping to get a a decent shot at a a head coaching role somewhere in the off season. So I guess he didn't want to. Um, sort of poo his name up too much, <laughs> having to take on this 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 team for the next three weeks. They've appointed uh, the interim coach is Giff Smith, who was one of the one of their coaches. I can't remember what he was doing. I can't remember that that part right now. Uh, and Jojo Wooden is the interim GM. Uh, just these names on the charges. I'm, I'm not sure where they come up with them. But yeah. <laughs> It's it's just embarrassing. Uh, the best thing about the Chargers got going for them is their the upcoming draft pick this next season. Um, you know they're and if I'm them, I just keep tanking for the rest of this year, and you try and get as high a draft pick as possible. But even with that, they're supposed to be like thirty five million over the salary oh, cap. That so, is a, that is a scary amount that I read this oh. week. Yeah. And, and it's like, and like, I don't know how much of it is it like 28 million, 30 million or something is from CJ Jackson, who they cut. So it, it's yeah. just, it's embarrassing their situation right now. Um, Should have made the move a long time ago. The effort that they gave out last Thursday was just completely unprofessional. It, it'll be interesting. Teams usually have a little bit of a bounce back. When a coach gets fired, you saw it with the Raiders, how they just came out playing like with their hair on fire. Um, and so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they stay somewhat competitive in this game. But no, there's there's no chance. Uh, you know, I think Buffalo's clearly the the favorite and deservedly so. Although yep. the line at 12 and a half, that's pretty extreme. Um, I, I, I would be tempted to take the Chargers with 12 and a half personally. Yeah, 12 and a half is massive, and I was going to say that. Um, that's what is worrying me And when I said initially that that the Bills, this is must-win football. This is – Yeah. This is – come out – don't play down to your opponent, as we've seen you do earlier in the season, as we mm -hmm. talked about on this show earlier in the season, the fact that they have this uh, this weird ability to play down to their opponent's level. 
Yeah. Come out and destroy this Chargers team like you should. So show us all that you are that that strength, you are that powerhouse, because yeah. the Chargers are here with a new coach. And as you say, Brad, there is always this little bit of a bounce, a little bit of an upstep that the teams have after a coaching change. And the Chargers on that upstep scare me a little because they always have the ability to achieve. It's just they seem to yeah. to lack direction, which obviously was coming from the the ill direction that Brandon Staley was taking them in. So that's why I'd be particularly worried about the Bills here. I'd still be picking them at 12 and a half, but I have to agree with you on the line, Brad. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like what they say, the a wounded animal is always the most dangerous animal. Mm. And, and that's what Buffalo is. They know they can't really lose any more games. So they are in playoff mode right now and shoot, they're, they're looking good. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's move on to Christmas football. So, obviously, Sunday football in America. Monday here is Christmas Day. So, there'll be a lot of NFL football fans, I think, getting up on Christmas morning at 5 a.m. to watch a few games, uh, maybe some games on in the background while some presents are being opened, sneaky games. I know a few of us might be doing that, trying to do that. Uh, tell the kids to get back to bed. <laughs> uh, they wake up at six, say no. Santa hasn't come yet. Still waiting for him. Just those kind of sneaky things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the to the first of those games we'll talk about real quick. Uh, this will be a quick one. Uh, Colts are going to play the Falcons in Atlanta this week. For the life of me, I cannot understand how Arthur Smith is still heading the Atlanta Falcons. Um, although Arthur Blank has come out during the week, said he will assess any coaching changes after the season, which 100% says to me that Arthur Smith is gone. Yeah, uh, He is gone, and they're just obviously not wanting to make that change um, with three games left to go in a season. They've, they've definitely failed, the, the, the Falcons, especially after last week against the Panthers, where they seemingly for a team – Brad, and you've watched the Falcons a lot this season. Yes. For, for a team that seemed to be built primarily around the run, they couldn't even run the ball against the 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 Panthers last week. Oh, it was it was a shabacle, uh, to be honest with you. I, this was probably the first Falcons game where I didn't watch every snap. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> it was just, it, it, yeah, from everything that I that I did watch, um, it's just Desmond Ritter being Desmond Ritter. And I've always defended him uh, or thought he had a lot of potential, but I think we're all pretty clear. It's evident that he's he's not the guy. Um, and it's what's what's come back to bite him is just the injuries on the defensive line. So the defensive has always bailed out the Falcons, but now that they're being hurt, you're they're they're not bailing them out. And you're right, they they can't run it on anybody now, and that's all they were dependent on. Fifty-two so, total yards they had last year. That's got, so embarrassing. No, last last week. Sorry, last week. they've got they've got Bijan Robinson, yeah. the the number one running back in in last year's draft, and yep. he gets a, seven carries for eleven yards. It's oh. The mismanagement, 1.6 oh, yards no. average is just yeah. absolute yeah. insanity. If you can't unlock that kid, then you don't deserve to be coaching a team. Uh, and, oh, the, and the thing, yeah, I'm not, okay, I'm not coaching in the NFL. I can't make any, you know, 
argument like I should be, or I mean, a, a tenth of what the, those guys level is. But it's not hard to simply go old school, run a dive play, and get the dude some yards. It's literally, it's the three yards in a cloud of dust type thing. Mm -hmm. it, 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 I don't know if he is just uh, overthinking it or stuff, but I feel like sometimes they make it way too hard. And when you've got the weapons that they've got, just go old school and run it down their throat. It's really, it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah, man, John, yeah. I, I, the Colts here this week against the Falcons, surely this is going to be a massive game for the Colts running backs. Oh, it has to be. I think if you look at the play caller rankings, I've been looking at a few of these on Twitter uh, recently. Shane Steichen's right in the middle of the pack. Arthur Smith, meanwhile, he is dead last and he's double he's like two times worse than the next worst play call oh, to some oh. of the rankings i've looked at in terms of efficiency and stuff so look shane steichen he he's definitely in the running for coach of the year arthur smith is in the running for the very opposite of coach of the year i think because shane yeah. steichen he's really got the best out of his offense last week they just absolutely diced the Steelers offense uh, sorry Steelers defense I mean they diced the Steelers offense too but when we're talking about the Colts offense they were definitely all over the Steelers defense Gardner Minshew once again he's just been on fire recently I think he's just about to become a playoff quarterback I really do believe the Colts are going to make it in I think if if Minshew's still dealing it then that's a great sign I think it's a great sign as well that they've got I, I mean, how many running backs do they have? Like, three now? They got Taylor, they got Moss, Sermon came in last week and was really good with 88 mm -hmm. yards. I mean, they're yeah. even Tom Goodson as well. 11 carries 69 yards last week as well. So, look, they were just all over the Steelers. I think the run game this week is going to be great. I think Gardner himself will be great as well. I, I think so too. Gardner Minshew is going to be running all over you, brother. <laughs> like it's just gonna be full on. I just gotta love it. There's Brad disrespect to the Colts here and Gardner Minshew after the way they've been playing lately. The Falcons are favored by two and a half points. What? Yeah, now, I, I don't know. know what the bookmakers are doing bullshit. here. The, I don't know bullshit. what the bookies are doing. How are the Falcons just if you can't tell me it's just because they're home? The Colts are eight and six, they're five and two away. Like it's just it's insane. Yeah, it's, that's the worst line I've ever heard, honestly. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. And the thing that, that surprises me a little bit about that line is Minshew has struggled against good teams, but against mediocre or lower teams, he's carved them up. Um, and the Falcons are a mediocre team at best. Uh, they, they do play well at home. So I think that's where you're getting the, the line because typically – a home, the advantage for home field is about two points, roughly. Um, and so I think they're saying it's a kind of a 50-50 game, but since it's at home, the Atlanta gets the, the two points. They're also changing back to – Atlanta are changing back to Heineke for this game. Yeah, yeah so no, It's no. been in and out. So I can't see how they're going to – they're going to be together as a team. I can't see how they're going to be successful uh, as an offense okay. because you it's just been – yeah, can't you can't trust them. them. You can, they can't run. They don't know who their quarterback is. It's just insane. Whereas the Colts, though, they're playing for something right now. They're they're yeah. eight. They're equal at eight and six in the division with both Jacksonville and the Houston Texans. So they 
they're playing for something. They have to win, and they know that. So, well, so does Atlanta. Atlanta knows that too. Oh, Atlanta can't like Atlanta at six and eight now. And yes, they could probably get over over the um, the Saints here, but I, I don't think they're going to get past Tampa Bay. Yeah, they so, they would need help. Yeah, so they're not getting out of that division anyway. Because mm. um, a second team from the NFC South is not going to end up as a wild card team. <laughs> um, oh, please no. Please. Whereas, whereas the AFC South, we could have, you know, a, two teams out of the AFC South. That there is a possibility for that. Three, even exactly, man, John. So, the Colts they are playing for something, and they know that. Uh, and, and I think, I think that I just don't understand that line, but I, I, I have to believe that they're just going to carve them up. So it'll be interesting. It will. All right, let's move on a bit more to some other games. Seattle Seahawks go to Tennessee to face the Titans. The Seahawks are now at seven and seven after uh, I win last week. And the, the Titans are sitting at five and nine. Titans are well and truly out of playoff race. They are, um, uh, I guess, just trying to play for pride and, and build up next year's potential. Um, they do have a lot of players on, on the questionable status right now, including uh, Traylon Burks and Will Levis and Kyle Phillips. So there's it's a it's a bit of a crapshoot for them. Um, the the Seahawks, however, look, I I mean I would I'd love it if Drew Locke starts again over Geno, but I have a feeling that Geno Smith will be back uh, fit and healthy this week. We still don't know what went on last week, but Drew Locke certainly played one hell of a game on Monday night. Yeah, he was absolutely cooking against the Eagles. And really, I mean, it took him a long time to come into the game and the Seahawks offense in general. But then they started to click towards the end of the fourth quarter. And then that one final drive where he just throws a beautiful dime to JSN in the corner of the end zone. The whole the drive, Major, that whole drive. Those three yeah. passes to 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 DK, um, Metcalf, and then just that final TD to JSN. That was just the whole drive was amazing. 100%. They, they really had a game plan too because if you notice on that entire drive, they were targeting James Bradbury's side of the – Ball. They were targeting the receiver he was defending every single play. So they had a game plan. They knew who to target against, and they they executed them. Well done to them. Meanwhile, for the Titans, here's a wonderful stat for Mike Vrabel's coaching career. Well, wonderful until now. This is the first time he's coaching a game where the Titans have been eliminated from playoff contention. This is the mm. first meaningless game for them that he's ever coached. I mean, every single game he's coached before this, they've had a mathematical chance to make the playoffs. So for the first time, the Titans in the Mike Vrabel era will have to contend with missing the playoffs so far out. Of course, they missed last year as well, but so far out from the playoffs, not having anything to play for in the last three weeks, I think that really will show the Titans which way they want to go. Do they want to tank for better draft position or do they want to play? See, will Levis show some flashes of potential? We'll have to see. But, of course, Levis, he's in doubt this week. So, yeah, we'll have to wait for that storyline. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. If if they have to go Tannehill, uh, he, Tannehill, Tana Tannehill is just awful. So, it, it, yeah, well, I, yes and no. It may improve their, their chances. 
Because whenever they go Tannehill, they seem to use the the they seem to use the run game a lot more. Well, yes, you're right. And the the problem with that though is I don't know if you saw uh, last week's game. Derek Henry, I came across an in- interesting stat. Henry averaged negative over over negative one yard uh, before contact per rush. Mm. So that means he's getting hit in the backfield a yard deep behind the line of scrimmage uh, on average. You cannot win a game when your line is that bad that your running back is getting hit a yard Henry, behind the line of scrimmage. Henry's stats are so un-Derek Henry-like for last week. Mm-hmm. 16 carries for nine yards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, 0.6 average. It's just... So- yeah, and and the good thing is Seattle. Good thing for Tennessee, Seattle's not that great at stopping the run. Um, so, and they're coming off in a really emotional win on a short week. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I w- would not surprise me because it's at Tennessee if Tennessee pulls this one out. Same. All right, let's move on. How about some NFC North talk, boys? Big matchup in the NFC North this week between the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. It is the Christmas whiteout game for the Vikings in US Bank Stadium in Minnesota. The Lions come in as 10 and 4 NFC North leaders. Right now, the Vikings sitting at 7 and 7, hoping to hang on to uh, a 6 or 7th seed for the playoffs. The Vikings. Um, I don't know. The Vikings have looked good and looked bad in games over the last few weeks. They seem to look really good in first halves of games, and the second half, it comes down to some some really, really average play calling that make them look very bad uh, and have lost them the last the last couple of games, which has sort of destroyed a bit of a fairy tale comeback. Last week, they went down 27-24 to the Bengals, who... They were leading 17-3 to three over at halftime, or just after halftime, rather, um, in the third quarter. And the Bengals ended up coming back, as we said, talked about with Jake Browning, scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to, to win that game. There were some shining lights for the Vikings last week with Ty Chandler having uh, 132 yards and a TD, Jordan Addison having a massive game once again, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it all came down to the play calling, man. It was just some really suspect stuff by Kevin O'Connell uh, towards the end of the game, especially. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the Vikings. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is with them. I think mainly Kirk Cousins being out. I mean, that is is eventually caught up to them. I mean, obviously they just benched Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins. He did play. He did play decently. In this game, had a couple of costly interceptions, though, which really brought the Bengals back into it. I think, realistically, trying to get Mullins against the Lions this week, it's going to be a tough ask trying to get him to really out Jared Goff. I mean, Goff coming off a five-touchdown game last week as well. Mm. Uh, It's going to be a tough proposition for the Vikings to hold off the Lions. But... They still have that faint chance of winning the division. I know that sounds absolutely crazy to you, Ian. I know you just said you're just talking about wildcard chances, but 
you know, with the Vikings, if they can beat the Lions twice and the Packers and hope that the Lions lose the Cowboys next week, then I think that then that would actually clinch the division for the Vikings. But that being said, it is quite a long way back. They have to beat the Lions twice. But hey, look, the entire division comes down to this. And if they if they don't show up this week as well, it could be the end of their playoff hopes. It is a really critical game for the Vikings to try and win, of course, and it's going to be tough. If they win, by the way, they have a 78% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, they have a 39% chance of making the playoffs. So essentially, their playoff chances get cut in half. Right mm. now, it's at 54%, by the way. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's Jared Goff. In a dome, so I think it's the, it's the Lions all the way. Although that that Minnesota, I, I, you tell me, and I don't know, but their defense plays just lights out for three and three quarters, and then it's just the, the last two minutes they just keep getting just pumped. The last uh, two weeks, especially Brad, that's where the 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 problem has really come more than yeah. the offense. It's been. Uh, what's happening in terms of the overall play calling for the game. And then mm-hmm. defensively, last week defensively, it was just that, you know, every team will have that game where um, yeah. one side of the ball just doesn't show up. You just have that really bad game collectively as a as a unit. Uh, and mm-hmm. that happened to Minnesota last week with the defense. I suspect that they will be back um, loud, proud, and very aggressive against the Lions, So especially at home. Yeah. So, there is, so there is that. Uh, but yeah, you are right, Brad. There, there are points where they have a bit of lapse in concentration. I guess you could put it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And the yeah. one one stat that I found troubling on the other side of the ball was they have committed the league high ten turnovers when they're within the opponent's thirty five yard line. So the and turnovers is still the key to the game. It's all about the turnovers. Um, and those 10 turnovers have led to 48 points from the opponent. So that's going to hurt you uh, huge every time you get a turnover, especially when it's inside the opponent's 35-yard line. Massively. One um, one weird positive stat for the Vikings as a whole for this season, though. The, the team has a chance to be one of the first teams that after losing their QB1 um, to injury – to have the possibility of having three receivers over 900 yards and possibly at a thousand yards for a season. Wow. And that's Hawkinson is currently at 902. So there's only 98 to go. Uh, Addison's at 824. And then there is the possibility with Jefferson at 682. It's a long shot for Jefferson, but even two receivers at a thousand yards or over 900 is, is still pretty impressive considering you don't have QB one. Um, and in fact, at points we're down to QB three. So uh, Jefferson very well could if they if they're playing. Oh know. yeah, he definitely could. He's only three hundred and twenty yards, which sounds like a lot, but we you a couple of hundred yards every week. You know, games to play. Yeah, yeah, he's got to play. He's got to stay on the field though. That's the big thing. Um, and and he's missed games. He's missed like half the season compared to the other two. So yeah. But Hawkinson, how about that? We could have a thousand yard tight end. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And and Detroit's not complaining because look what of what you know on the other side of the ball, Laporta 
has done for them. So it's pretty rare when you get a, both teams ecstatic about a trade. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. It is, uh, it's very rare. <laughs> um, and I would say, yeah, they both would be. And it's weird to have them both in the same division still. Yeah. It's always very weird. Um, we got to talk about this game. So we should push on quickly and do it quickly. Commanders versus the New yeah. York Jets. I knew you were going to say that game. I no, knew you were going to mention it. To look, that look, game. look in, in the spirit of fairness and, and actually covering all the games and doing what we said we would do at the start of the season, we do have to talk about the Commanders versus the Jets. These are two two very – they're not even middle, middle of the road teams. They're two very low-end teams. Uh, can you believe tickets are as low as $11 to get into MetLife Stadium this week to see wow. the Commanders and the Jets on Christmas Eve at MetLife? You could not pay me to go see I, that. Yeah. I, I, say, agree. I don't know. If I was in New York and I and I had never been to an actual NFL football game and it's Christmas Eve, I would go, $11? Sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Look, as long as your family's you want look, okay with it, yeah. yeah. When you want to look at this game, just want to say the Jets had the 32nd rank offense. The Commanders had the 32nd rank defense. It is the stoppable force against the movable object this yep, week. That's exactly right, Manjot, which could make this. I mean, we've had some bad games this season, and, I, and I'm looking at you, Vikings, uh, in a 3 0 win. Like, we've had some bad games. This could be. Trump those games. You know what I mean? Like it's at least in those games we could look at it and go, they were two tough defenses against each other. But in this one, it just could be two two shit sides of the ball for both teams. <laughs> like it's just uh, yeah. uh, uh, insane. Oh my goodness. Um, I think the Jets defense is the most likely to score in this game. I do Let too. I do too. And I and I have to put it out there. I think Jets defense is probably going to score. Uh, I would say the Jets are going to win on the strength of their defense. That's pretty much all I can say about this game. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's sad. So here's a horrible stat. If you're a Jets fan, they had uh, either zero or negative yards on 55% of their plays. Let that oh. sink in. Zero or, or negative, negative yards on 55% of their plays <laughs> last game. That is unwatchable football. So that means you could build a wall on that line of scrimmage. So the Dolphins essentially built a wall at that line of scrimmage, mm. and then they just ran into that wall and either fell backwards or just fell on their side, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it, – yeah, and, and the, the commanders aren't much better. They, you know, they've got, what, a five-consecutive losing uh, streak going, and they are in those five games – they're minus 88 in their scoring margin. So what that means, f- yeah, <laughs> minus 88 in five games they've been outscored. That's that's 20 points or 19 points worse than the next worst team. So that's bad. Oh, and I tell you what, as, as a final thing on this game, the worst offense in the league could possibly be even worse if Zach Wilson doesn't clear concussion protocol this week, oh, it could no. have they could have Trevor Simeon starting at QB for oh. the absolutely woeful. Um, I want to say moribund New, New York Jets. So 
Did you just pull out a moribund? I did. Uh, it's, it comes up on a few other podcasts, and I love that word, and I think it's apt, it's very apt for this situation. I love it. So um, let's get away from that. Let's talk Packers and Panthers. Now, I know the talking Panthers at 2 and 12 isn't really exciting, but let's talk about the Green Bay Packers, who are just out of the uh, wildcard picture right now uh, at 6 and 8 in the NFC, there is a vague possibility that they could get back there if some um, results fall their way. So they are fighting for a lot. And they have also looked better and better every week that they've played throughout the season. The yeah. the league's youngest team, uh, they are the youngest, aren't they, Manjot? I am quoting that right. The youngest, one of, one of the youngest teams in the entire league that seemed to really come together as a unit uh, as the season went on and have gotten better and better. They do have some big questions still, especially the defense. Green Bay defense has never been uh, historically good and they need to work that out as a franchise. Um, They need to work it out soon as a franchise as well if they expect to do anything more. But I expect them to run away with this game against the uh, Carolina Panthers. I I think I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Uh, and the reason I'm maybe I'm a little bit too much of an optimist here is just because I really liked um, in the second half Bryce Young. I actually thought, okay, this is the first time I could see him as a good NFL quarterback, and especially as the way he led that last drive in the last game. Mm. Uh, I liked what I saw. So I'm 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 saying Green Bay is going to win, but personally if if the line I think the line's four and a half, yep. I would I would take the line um and that's just I'm banking a lot on Bryce Young being able to to actually put something together and capitalize a little bit on that like what he showed in the last drive uh in kind of the, the last half of the game last week. Yeah, I t- I totally think this is a Packers game that they got to win if they have to stay in playoff contention. But you know they just got torched by Tommy DeVito a couple weeks ago, and last week mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield became the first visiting quarterback to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. I think it's really showing the Packers are kind of in a decline right now. So I'd be worried if I was a Packers fan. At the moment, especially going into this game, it, it could be a real danger game, and Panthers could could steal one from them here. Ooh, okay. Um, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns, who are going to Houston Texans this Texans this week. They're going down to Houston to face the Texans, I should say. Um, the the Browns have had a a bit of a resurgence under Joe Flacco of all people, mm. and they are playing like a really good team on offense. Who knew? I mean, we all said at the start of the season that the, their biggest worry on offense was was QB. But who knew that uh, an aging quarterback like Joe Flacco would be able to come in and make something of this offense and, and have them vaguely watchable? And I think going into Houston – this could be a very interesting matchup. The Cleveland Browns defense against the Houston Texans, who are likely to be led by Case Keenum, 
CJ Stroud is still in the concussion protocol, unfortunately, for the second game in a row. That does not bode well for CJ Stroud. Um, it's not a good thing if you're going to spend that many weeks in the NFL concussion protocol, which has largely seen most players get out of it within seven to 10 days uh, of entering it. But CJ Stroud, unfortunately, is still in it. Uh, so we could see Case Keenum coming up against this Cleveland Browns defense. Manjot, how are we feeling this week about the Browns? Are we feeling a bit more optimistic? Yeah, I, I would say optimistic, and especially if they win this game. I'd be very optimistic. They've almost clinched a playoff spot if they win. If, with a win, NFL.com does say they'll have a 99% chance of making the playoffs. So I think they're pretty much, I would say, the safest bet for the fifth seed in the AFC at the moment. I think they, they really have done enough to get that fifth seed. And I think, you know, even if they don't get the fifth seed, they've done more than enough to make playoffs. At the moment, 86% chance of making it in. I think Joe Flacco, really his emergence as the Browns quarterback has been something that has really helped the team throughout this season, especially in the last couple of weeks. And I think for the Browns, that defense especially – it's just an incredible defense. I think this this will definitely want to be considered one of the best defenses of the modern era. I think when we look back on this team in a couple of years, I think we're going to be talking about this team as one of the best defenses since the 2000 season. So I would definitely say the Browns, they've got a lot going for them. For the Texans, honestly, I really hope we can get more CJ Stroud this season, even if it's not this week, because I've been seeing today... After Puka Nakua's great game, people have been telling him that people have been saying Puka Nakua for offensive rookie, but they've been forgetting about Stroud. I just want to see Stroud in another game or two this season, just so he can massively silence those Puka Nakua sayers up there. <laughs> I, I just really want Stroud to get his deserved offensive rookie, to be honest. That's that's just my that's just my two cents on the Texans. Even then they did beat the Titans last week without him. But I would have to say the Texans, I, I'm just hoping there's some way they can get Stroud back on the field this year, just to remind everyone how good he is. If it, if the Browns get to the playoffs, they should uh, erect a Joe Flacco statue. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, the irony. Exactly, exactly. I appreciate the fact that you got that. Um, because you know, a statue would move just as much as Joe Flacco does in the pocket. Uh, it, and- it's actually got double irony, too, Brad. Does. <laughs> Consider- yeah, right. Considering right. he's never moved in the pocket, plus, he was the guy that never moved in the pocket that destroyed the Browns for so many years. So it's just That's right. <laughs> That's right. And the Ravens were the team that that also moved. From Cleveland to become the yeah, there's so the much the storylines. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine this the the absolutely spicy storyline if the Browns had to face the Ravens at some point in the playoffs this season? I would love that. Joe, the I, Joe Flacco led Browns to face the Lamar Jackson Ravens. Oh, I, I would love that. I, <laughs> The thing about Flacco is is he's thrown for over 250 yards and multiple touchdowns in all three of his starts. So yeah. the, the dude knows what he's doing. He he can ball. So uh, if they can give him the time and and 
Houston, they're not scaring anybody, especially if Stroud is out. And you're, you're not going to see Devin Singletary uh, do anything against that Brown secondary. So um, it, it, it'll it be, I think, a, a Cleveland win all the way. I'm surprised the line is as close as what it is. Oh, I think that's just the case Keaton factor, mate. The more yeah, okay. Yep. So uh, I suspect if it was CJ Stroud, the line to the Texans would be huge. So, mm. um, all right, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are eight and six and absolutely playing for the top spot in the AFC South, going to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers, who are seven and seven, who are also playing for the top spot in the NFC South this week. They're going to be either equal to or one game ahead of the New Orleans Saints uh, after the Saints lost today on Thursday night football. So both teams here have a lot, a lot, a lot to play for. The Jags have the possibility of dropping out of the top spot if they do get a loss here, uh, which would put them down somewhere around the sixth seed in uh, the AFC Whereas Tampa Bay currently sitting around the sixth seed in the NFC. So they really need that win to stay ahead of the rest of the pack or with the rest of the pack. Baker Mayfield has been playing amazingly all season, but especially over the last couple of weeks, uh, and especially last week, as Manjot pointed out, where he absolutely torched the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Um, So... Yeah, I'm expecting uh, Baker to be playing very well against the Jaggers to really come out here and go hard. Um, And, of course, the Jags, yeah, have a lot of injury rows at the moment. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is still one of those big, 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 big question marks, um, as is Zay Jones, Tyson Campbell on their defense. So hard times, Manjot. Hard times for the Jags. Hard times as a Jags fan. Yeah, the Jags, it feels like they're falling apart the same way the Titans did last year to give the Jags the division title. It really feels like the opposite this year for the Jags. They're the ones falling apart. And it's mainly on the defensive side of the ball. I really don't trust their defense at all. It's It's been really hard to follow the Jags and not look at that defense and see that, yeah, there's been a massive problem. When you look at the last three games, last week against the Ravens, I mean, the Jags in the red zone, in offense, they struggled to move the ball and really costly turnovers and missed field goals. It really cost them, but also allowing 23 points to the Ravens, that was that was pretty harsh. Week before, 31, they allowed the Browns. Week before that, they allowed 34, the Bengals. And really, yeah, the last three weeks, their defense has been really under fire. And I think that there has to be something that they have to fix before they face the Buccaneers. I think they've got to be really careful that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin don't go off this game, especially against their secondary, which hasn't been on form recently. I think this is a real danger game for the Jaguars. I think the Buccaneers, especially with them being in Tampa, it's it's going to be a good chance for the Buccaneers to solidify the NFC South lead. 100%. Basically, I think it boils down to no Trevor, no chance. Um, you know, I know that's pretty simplistic, 
but it's the truth. And even, even then Trevor, he played pretty bad this last game and he hasn't been playing very well lately. And I'm generally a Trevor apologist. Um, I, I like him as a quarterback, but he's been making some silly, silly mistakes lately. So uh, I, I think, and then Tampa Bay is, is improving as much as I'm kind of sick of Tampa Bay. I think mainly because of Tom Brady um, it's, yeah, I think B Baker is playing red hot right now. So I would, I'd be going with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Ian Rappaport today did say they, the Jags are likely to play without Trevor this weekend as well. Okay. So a real go. danger sign for the Jaguars. They're really falling apart at the wrong time. Mm, not a good thing at all. Um, Cardinals and the Chicago Bears this week. What do we say about this? The Bears have been pretty good over the last few weeks. Uh, they seem to have unlocked some some different play calling for Justin Fields uh, and their offense. Um, so they come alive a little more. Been in games, got a couple of wins, one over uh, both divisional, mind you, uh, one over the Vikings and one over the Lions before a tough, tough loss, 20-17 to against the Browns last week which could have so so close been a a win, had uh, more caught a ball, a, a final uh, Hail Mary, um, and got them the win. It was very, very unfortunate. Right in the bread basket, still bounced right out, which ended up as an interception. Uh, funnily enough, they had a Hail Mary for, to end the first half as well. Uh, one of the first teams ever to have Hail Mary plays on both the last plays of a game. Uh, and both intercepted too. Uh, the Cardinals, on the other hand, have decided that um, that they wanted to play in the last few games. They wanted to score points. God only knows why. Nobody can figure it out. They were in the game against the 49ers last week, early in the game, thanks to some very, very fortunate calls and plays before the 49ers just went, uh-uh, no way, and just opened opened up the throttle and absolutely steamrolled the Cardinals to a 45-29 win. Brad, how are we feeling about uh, the Bears and Justin Fields' play over the last couple of weeks? Do we feel like it's gotten a little bit better? Uh, marginally, yeah, I think I think so. I think marginally it has got it has gotten better. And but I think it's it's going to come down to these really these next three weeks in terms of is Justin Fields going to be the the Bears quarterback going forward. Personally, I think this is an audition for who's going to be the next Falcons quarterback. Is it going to be Kyler Murray or is it going to be Justin Fields? <laughs> I, I I don't think either one of them is going to stay. I think I think the Bears are sick of it and they're going to move on. Um, that's just my gut and and. But I think I think Fields is going to be a decent quarterback. I personally don't think he's had enough time to develop, but I don't think that they have done him a whole lot of favors. He's got a marginal supporting cast around him, um, so there there he's got a good receiver, but that but not a whole lot else. So it'll be really interesting to see. I think Arizona actually wins this game personally. Um, but I think this is, this is Fields swan song, so to speak with, with the bears. And then uh, I'd love to see him on Atlanta personally. That would be 
I'd I'd watch them all again next season, but we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, I think Fields he's been let down a lot by his receiving call. I mean, it, a lot of drops here and there. I mean, last week at the end of the game, really they had the chance to win it, and then just dropped in the end zone. Mooney just dropped it. He had the clearest chance to win it, and he just he he just kicked, threw it down to his own leg and kicked it up for, and it was picked off. It was just the most unlucky thing ever. I think Justin Fields gets too much blame. I would have to say for what's going on in Chicago. I think he's he's his receivers haven't been helping him out. I think. Really, if if I was the Bears, I'd still want to build around Justin Fields. Even if Caleb Williams is there, I still think Justin Fields, he's still a guy you can build around. And really, they, they got to play the long game with Fields, I feel like, and just really build a good core around him. Get a guy like Marvin Harrison out there, you know, trade back in the draft even to get more picks, get O-line around him. I think they've got a good chance. Their defense as well is really improving the Bears. I think this week is a good chance for the Bears to get another win against the Cardinals. They don't have to tank, of course, the Bears with the with their them getting the the Carolina pick, but the Cardinals, I think, really, I mean, it benefit them more to tank. So I, I think this is a real chance for the Bears to get another win and build Fields' confidence for the next season. Yeah, the really? card the Cardinals is speaking of tanking, and and I know we all don't really like the whole tanking thing. Yeah. The Cardinals, if they win here, they could drop as low as the fifth spot in the draft. So wow. it it yeah, it, it's weird to say it, but it's well within their favor to lose this game to the Chicago Bears, uh, who are four point favorites at home um, for this game. Mm-hmm. I think and real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on, on this, but I think the feel the Bears staff is hesitant simply because of like what they've seen with with, say, Daniel Jones. I think they would. I think that's probably a decent comparison with Justin Fields mm-hmm. and then Daniel Jones for the Giants. He he's a mediocre to good quarterback at best who who's pretty who can run. And they yeah, they, he got him to the playoffs. But you're not really going to get anything after that, in, in my opinion. I think that's what the Chicago Brass is saying. Is saying, okay, this guy might be able to get us to the playoffs, but is he going to be as good as a Caleb Williams or what have you? So I, my hunch is they'll trade him and get draft picks. We'll see. Mm, absolutely. Let's move on to a game between two teams who are – both look like contenders at uh, certain points of the season. Of course, I am talking about the Dallas Cowboys versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, at various times this season, the Dolphins and the Cowboys have looked like contenders or pretenders, one or the other. Um, this game is probably going to sort out a lot of that uh, that talk. Both have struggled against some of the best teams in the league, but both are still ranked right up the top in their divisions. As for last week, the Miami Dolphins absolutely blew the doors off the New York Jets with a 32-0 win. Or on the other side of this matchup, the Cowboys, Brad, went down 31-10 to to the Bills in what everyone thought was going to be one of the shootouts, one of the matchups of the season. But somehow the, the Cowboys just uh, fizzled out 
it faded away in this in that game. Oh, it's you know, to me that this was more of a litmus test than anything for the Cowboys, simply because they've you know they've invested a first round pick in Mozzie Smith trying to stop the run, and what has been the Cowboys' Achilles' heel? over and over and over again. It's why they can't beat San Francisco. It's why they didn't win last week. It's when teams run on them. And it just is embarrassing. I don't want to I don't want to rehash the game cuz I'll get too pissed off. <laughs> but, but, but but you know what? I say that, but it wasn't I couldn't even get mad at it. It was so lopsided. It was such a blowout. It was just like, oh, okay, they're just they're getting pumped. Uh, and it was and, a blowout early, Brad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. I, it was not even watchable. And I'm a Cowboys fan, and it was just embarrassing. And what concerns me going into this week is, you know, Miami is the second best rushing team in in the league. So, and I love, you know, I've I've been somewhat critical of McDaniel in the past just because he, he was considered a run game guru, but he hadn't done much. But I've looked at a couple uh, breakdowns and analysis of what he's doing in the run game. And it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's phenomenal is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way he is, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but the way he is presenting one look like he's, he's, uh, he's looking as if uh, he's going to hand the ball off. There's one where they're down at the goal line, one yard line to a, he opens up like it's going to be a zone read in the inside. And then he with, he with the same motion, then he pitches it out. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I know it's hard. I'm losing the listeners here when we're talking over without any <laughs> video, but it's, it's, phenomenal what he's doing with the run game and i'm excited about that uh, unfortunately for the cowboys i think it's going to cost them and so i'm taking miami in this game hmm. interesting there because as we've been talking about i mean yeah these two teams have beat up on all the bad teams they played but against the good teams they haven't been so great, especially against teams with a winning record. So this will be a very interesting test for both teams. I think with the Dolphins at home, they got such a fast team. I, I think this could be a shock to Dallas, like how fast the Dolphins are. I mean, mm. really, when you have guys out there, like, I mean, even if they don't have Hill, they still got Waddle out there. They still got Mostert and A-Chan and all these sort of guys that mm. really have been playing, like, lights-out football for them. So I think with the Dolphins, it's going to be something that they've got to really prove themselves. And they're still in a chance, with a chance of getting the one seed in the AFC, especially with Baltimore coming up against the Niners later in the week. I think this is a real chance for the Dolphins to solidify their number one seed potential. So, and it's really, it's really interesting as well because, I mean... I'm just gonna say, like, it's going to be one one great game in in this afternoon slot. It's definitely oh. the best game in this afternoon slot. I think a lot of people be watching this game, and yeah. really, it it's going to be something that I think is going to be one of the good games of the season. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, and and certainly the bookies think it is as well. Um, the uh, Dolphins are only one point favorites in this. 
um, which is a little insane to me, one point favourites, but it shows that the that the teams that are should be two evenly matched teams on paper. But Manjot, I have to agree with you. I think the speed of the Dolphins is going to be way too much for the Cowboys defense. Way too fast. Um, I, I don't think they're going to know what hit him in the way that he's going to come at him. And you can you can be assured that Mike and Daniels would have circled this matchup on a calendar earlier in the season and said and had been planning for that the whole time. Like this is how we're going to play against this defense because of how good they are. Uh, anyway. Have you guys uh, been watching the um, Hard Knocks Miami the end season? I haven't actually. I have not. Yeah, I should. I I've should seen. I've seen bits and pieces online, but I haven't watched it. You, you got to watch it. It's worth. It's worth watching. Mike McDowell is a weird dude. He he is this total. He's not what you would expect from an NFL coach. In, in I think he is the young. The young character that head coaching in the in the NFL needs. That's yeah. the, the this 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 new this this new direction of the younger guys coming through into head, as head coaches. Um, yeah, yeah I, the the youth, the way that the way he talks, um, uh, yeah, the way you can put him out there, the way he can, conducts himself. When I see the uh, the media interviews, the way he talks to the media, yeah, you yeah. Know? like yeah. It, I, I like it. I think he's a I think he's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, oh, he's great. It's he's the new great. way. And when you compare that to a guy we're just about to talk about in Bill Belichick and, <laughs> and one word answers. Yeah, um, say no more. Yeah. Whereas Mike McDaniels is like he's he's talking to them, he's joking with them, you know. Um there's a press conference where that uh, and it was it was clickbait headline, but he told all the reporters in one press conference last week to fuck off. You know. <laughs> But he was like joking with, like he's joking with them in a way that we would as Australians, where we just yeah. go, "Ah, fuck off," you know. Yeah. So it's pretty, yeah. So and he told him that it just just came out of his mouth. It's great, you yeah. know. So, um, all right, I guess we move on to the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't understand why this game is still in primetime football. I really don't. Uh, the NFL has had a long time to move games like this. And they've known since like week three that the Patriots are an absolute trash team and that they're garbage. And yes, the Broncos probably aren't much better. And at seven and seven, I guess that they've had a few wins. And there is that, that really good connection with Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, who sort of have this revival of, of old Seahawks matchups for Wilson, which have been great. But, um, Brad, I, I just, I just don't know what, um, I, I just don't know what to talk, talk about with this game. To be honest, I don't know why it's here. Well, the, I think the 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 highlight of this game is going to see if we can watch uh, Bill Belichick have a complete meltdown on the sidelines. Um, that's that's really the only reason I think to watch the game. I think the Broncos are going to win. They still got something to play for. I Sean Payton is. He's good after um, ugly losses. Like he usually can right the ship pretty quick with his team. So I think he's going to be able to to, to pull it out. But uh, Bill Belichick has got to be just you know biding his time, saying I've basically just wasted a year of my life trying to get the all time win record. Um, so we'll. We'll see, but you're right. This game should not be in prime time. I'm. I have a hunch it's probably because 
they they're limited in how many they can flex and all this and that. There's got to be some other rules because there's no way on God's green earth would the TV executives in their right mind say, oh, yeah, New England, Denver. Let's keep that on as our biggest audience of the week. So, yeah. uh, well, I would say, boys, that it isn't necessarily the biggest audience because it's going to be shown on NFL Network in the oh, States. Okay. So essentially flexing it like flexing the Dolphins Cowboys, for example, would probably be a bad move because you're taking it away from CBS or Fox. I can't remember who exactly has that one. But yeah, you're taking it away from one of the big networks and you're putting it on NFL Network, then you're I definitely losing like network. I thought it was Sunday night football. Yeah, no, NBC has a game at four thirty the next day. So yeah, Fox has the Cowboys Dolphins. I definitely think you've got to keep the Cowboys on national TV oh, rather yeah. than NFL Network. There's no no point in going the other way. So yeah, definitely, I can understand why they they do it. So I, I've got to say, like, it's still it's kind of an island game though, like, cause it's it's at twelve fifteen yeah. where the others are at, uh, like an eight twenty five start for us. So. It is the yeah. only game being played at that point, even though it is. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I don't think NBC even has a game this week actually because they've given their one to Peacock, the Bills Chargers one. So that one's on Peacock. So yeah, they don't necessarily have a game this week. But looking at this game specifically, Patriots and Broncos. Yeah, Broncos should win this one. Should try and keep their playoff hopes faintly alive very faintly as well it, it is going to be tough for them even if they win uh they still only have a 32 percent chance of making it in if they lose it drops to three percent so they'd be on life support if they lost this one but yeah. to keep their faint playoff chances alive they've got to win this one so here it is the denver broncos they've got to go they've got to go and do their job against the patriots Against the guy who says do their job in Bill Belichick, of course. Yeah, well, speaking of Bel- speaking of Belichick, Belichick has a winning record against every team except for three, which is the Broncos, which is ten and ten, Giants, and Packers. Uh, so in this game, the Broncos could be the one of the first teams to give Belichick a losing record against them, but he could they could also give him his first twelve loss season in twenty nine years of coaching. So this uh, interesting matchup for Belichick. Yeah, I, I, I think the NFL, sh- you know what they should do when they get games this bad? I think they should say, okay, we'll have the coaches do like an MMA style. Um, <laughs> and, and that's how we'll determine the winner. Because I'd love to see Sean Payton and Bill Belichick, you know, just stripping down to their undies and trying to wrestle it out. That would be gold. All right, three games left, and they are, of course, Christmas Day football in the States, uh, back in Brad's home country. Three good games, three really good games, um, and I think they will be really good games. I I do genuinely believe that. Uh, The middle one is a little bit eh, but I think it still won't be too bad. Let's start with the first one, which is the Raiders going to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Of course, the uh, the Raiders uh, coming off a win, a sixty three to twenty one win over the Chargers, um, as everybody saw last week, and the Chiefs have had a bit of an up and down last five. They've lost three of their last five games. Did win last week with 
against the against the Patriots, who we just talked about, uh, 27-17, to come back against that. They've had a bit of a hard time, the Chiefs, and I think they are coming, finally, might finally be coming to grips with the fact that um, they are going to have uh, not a a standout season, that it could be a bit of a, a middle-of-the-road season for the Kansas City Chiefs, even if they do make the playoffs. Um, Manjot, are you feeling that on Christmas Day at home, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be bringing home the big presents? I think they I think they will. I think this is a real chance for the Chiefs to solidify the division lead, really... Like just make sure they make make it into the playoffs. It is it has been a bit of a tough year for the Chiefs, but I think at the end of the day, with a win, they'll hundred percent be in the playoffs. And look, they, they still have a slight chance of that number one seed as well. But I think I think it's really going to be a very tall order to get that one seed, of course. They've only got a nine percent chance. So essentially the Chiefs they still got to keep winning, still try and get home field advantage. But at the end of the day, it is looking like a long shot. But in this game, they should be winning against the Raiders. Yeah, I think, you know, the if Patrick Mahomes could throw to himself, he would because he, <laughs> he'd, he'd have a better chance than his receivers. It's just, can we all agree it's time to give up on... Um, is it uh what's his name? Yeah, thank you. Uh it's it's time it's time to just say no, enough's enough. And they 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 doubled down and started trying to throw him the ball even more and more last week. And the dude is just he can't do it. So let's just call it what it is and get rid of him. I'm surprised they haven't cut him, to be honest with you. Oh, he's direct um, he's directly lost them three games this this season so far. Yeah, they would yeah. be they would be in a lot better position. Uh, standings wise, without those three losses, yeah, exactly. So, I, I, if I were them, I, w- I would get rid of them. Um, yeah, it's put up or shut up, and you can't keep giving a guy what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing, expecting different results. What are they doing? They keep giving him the ball. What does he keep doing? Blowing it for him. So, yep. enough's yeah. enough, move on. Yeah, absolutely. Chiefs are 10 point favorites in this game. Uh, I think that's probably a bit rich. I would probably be taking the the line there, the Raiders with that line there. Uh, I expect a bit closer game with the Raiders. The Raiders' defense are, are pretty damn good, and as we talk about, the Chiefs haven't been playing um, lights out football the last few weeks. So I think the matchup poses pretty well. Although I do think the Chiefs will probably win that game. Yeah, and the Raiders always play the Chiefs tough, so I think mm. you're exactly right. Uh, let's go to that middle game. As I said, bit meh, 8.30 here uh, on Boxing Day, uh, the middle game on Christmas. Um, I think this is the time when everyone gets around the table and just eats, aren't they? Isn't it, Brad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that middle game, of course, is the New York Giants going to Philadelphia to face the 10-4 and Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles didn't look so crash hot last week when they had a, a 20 to 17 loss to the Seahawks. Uh, they just went down in the, in the final plays, but they didn't look great for the whole game. It certainly wasn't the, the Eagles we're used to. Of course, they had the loss the previous week, 33-13 to Dallas, 
and in the week four, 42 19 to the 49ers. So the Eagles, who were once at 10 and 1, have been on a, a three game losing streak, seemingly going backwards. They have been hit by some pretty weird injuries, um, and their defense just has not been playing like it did in 2022. I mean, I guess you lose two star coordinators. This is what can really happen to a team. Um, they, they need to find something here against the Giants. Obviously, it's the Giants. It's Tommy DeVito. They themselves uh, haven't been playing great against any team, but they do have a few wins on the board now, and they are at five and nine uh, and feeling themselves, though they did end up with a pretty hefty loss to the Saints last week. Manjot, um, are you trusting the Eagles to get the job done here, or do you think that the uh, the Giants might spoil the, uh, the the turkey? Yeah, I think me personally, I, I can't see the Eagles lose this game. If they lose this game, though, it really shows them free fall, and I think they might be first round playoff exits. If they if they lose this game, I actually think they will lose in the first round of playoffs. That's just how bad I think this loss will be on the Eagles. And honestly, look, go Giants. Of course, I have been very noted in my my distaste for the Eagles this season. And I I really hope DeVito can somehow find a way to keep this game competitive, make it close. But yeah, the Eagles, them at home, it's going to be tough for them to lose this one. I think the Eagles definitely got the Giants number here. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be pretty ecstatic because the only thing they're going to open up on Christmas is a big old giant can of whoop ass. So <laughs> they are just going to unload on DeVito and everything that he is doing, which is not much for last game, last game. And the guy was uh, no touchdowns, 20 for, uh, for 34, 177 yards. And a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when it was out, when the game was already out of hand. So um, I think, and this is what I keep saying in the NFL, when you get tape on you, the defenses realize what you can do. They know what you can't do and they make you do what you can't do and that's what we're seeing with tommy devito and unfortunately for him he's going to be playing the eagles in the next two out of three games so it's not going to be very pretty for him mm. yeah well i have to uh i think the bookies agree with the the can of whoop ass brad it's a 13 and a half point favorite to the eagles right now which is a massive line wow wow um, and I would be taking the Eagles with that 13 and a half with the way the Giants have played. Mm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So massive. All right. Final game for the week. No, nobody cares about this one. <laughs> final, final game for the weekend. Uh, and I guess we've saved probably one of the better matchups for the entire week until last. The NFL got something right. Um, probably by pure luck, though, on the part of the Ravens and how their season has gone. Um, but, of course, we've got the Ravens going to Santa Clara to, to face the 49ers, who are the outright, definitely number one seed in the entire NFL right now. Um, possibly, definitely 
one of the best offenses we've ever seen, possibly one of the best teams we've ever seen in the NFL, would say. They are absolutely rip-tearing and busting through everybody. Look at the matchups that they've had over the last few weeks, some of the biggest teams in the NFL this season, and here they are once more against the Baltimore Ravens now. Uh, both teams at 11-3. and three. Um, Both teams flying very, very high. But for me, um, I reckon we'll start with Brad anyway because I know what Manjot's going to say. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of Manjot bowl here as well, Brad. This is uh, Manjot's Lamar Jackson uh, fan base versus Manjot's San Francisco 49ers. I can see Manjot's going to be changing jerseys at halftime um, just, <laughs> just to give the love and share the love around. Brad, I, I mean, I, I think this is going to happen. Do you think the 49ers are just going to absolutely tear down the Christmas tree here around the Baltimore Ravens and just um, shatter their hearts? Uh, I don't know about tear it down, but I think they'll tip it over at least. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think the, the 49ers are going to win this game. Um, and the, the one reason I would say is their Ravens run defense is it's good, but it's not great. And I think you're going to see the 49ers just rely on that run. And Shanahan is so good at just presenting different looks. And I think they're just going to wear them down. It wouldn't surprise me if they start slow and in that second half, you see him just light it up. Um, we saw that earlier in the season. I think it was against the Eagles where they, the first couple drives, they, they started slow and you thought, Oh no, but then they just turned it on. So the, the NFL, can I just say though, that historically the NBA has owned Christmas day and how pissed off do they have to be right now <laughs> that, that Christmas day in the States you're getting this the, arguably the best matchup of the season, Baltimore, San Francisco, and just prime time. And I just think, oh, this is beautiful. But uh, it should be a good game. I hope uh, Lamar can do his thing, and he's going to have to if the Ravens are going to have a chance. A lot of people are saying this is a Super Bowl uh, pre preview, and we'll see. Uh, I'd be curious to see, you know, Manjot, what, what you think of Man this whole Hey, Manjot, I'm, I'm expecting here, I'm just going to give you a couple of stat lines here. I'm yeah. thinking uh, Purdy, two touchdowns, uh, so that's two touchdowns thrown and for about 300 yards. I'm expecting Christian McCaffrey here with at least a couple of TDs, definitely one, maybe two, uh, and somewhere around 200 yards on the ground here. What do you reckon, MJ? Yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely possible. Honestly, don't. I'm not sleeping on the Ravens, and Brad, you're talking about the Ravens run D. You're not trusting it. I actually don't think I can trust the Niners and their run defense or their tackling at all in general because okay. the Niners in the past three weeks, they've missed 12 tackles against the Eagles, then 14 against the Seahawks, and then 16. Yeah, 16 against the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals were running all over us last week, and that's what I'm really concerned with against the Ravens. The Ravens obviously having a better run game, one of the best run games in the league. Not I'm anymore. Not mm. anymore. They just lost another running back, Major. Yeah, mm. I know they lost Keaton. I know they lost him. But 
still, I think they, I still think the Ravens have got one of the best running games in the league. Of course, Gus Edwards out there. I think they really, really can exploit the Niners there. And that's what I'm worried about in this matchup is the Ravens being able to run the ball. But I think the Niners being at home, I'm, I'm pretty confident in it. I think the hardest part for me about this game is I have to go against my boy Lamar Jackson, unfortunately. I mean, I'll still be praising him quite a bit when he makes good plays, but I can't be praising him too much when he's going against my team. But even then, like, man, it's going to be such a good game to watch. Just like you said, Brad, I, I did bring up that point on Aussie NFL Fantasy this week that, yeah, the NBA must be pissed off that their yeah, okay. showcase day it's just going to be absolutely taken over by the NFL. Honestly, mm. though, I, I do think, though, there is some NBA respect in Australia. ESPN is actually showing the NBA on their main channel, not this game, which I I, I personally, I'd put this game on the main channel with ESPN, but I don't run ESPN. So is it on ESP- It's on ESPN 2, I'm sure. Yeah, it is on ESPN 2, but still, yeah, I, I would put this on the, the main ESPN channel. It's side, side by side. They don't own the rights. That's probably yeah. part of the problem. Well, actually, it's it's the ESPN Plus thing. Um, look, Manjot, yeah, it actually, is on I, ESPN I, in America too. It yes. is on ESPN yeah. and ABC. It's going to be it's going to be prime time over there as well. So it's going to be crazy. ESPN is just spoiled for choice over Christmas. But yeah, this game is going to be insane. I cannot wait to watch it. I think this is going to be one of the best matchups of the season. I really hope the Niners win because they'd be one win away from the number one seed, and that will be huge for the San Francisco 49ers. They can have the bye and home field advantage. I think this week is going to be a massive matchup for them. I definitely think it's a potential Super Bowl preview as well. Yep. All right, well, that's week 16. Um, I want to I want to finish up today um, with uh, a little exercise. Last year, Manjot and I, around this time, did a bit of a... a uh, playoff bracket prediction, as you would, and we are three weeks to the end of the season. So I thought we'd Brad on board now too. I, it could be a little bit of a inter- quick, interesting discussion. Um, NFL.com provide us with uh, a fantastic little path to the playoffs um, calculator uh, where you can go and make your own picks, encourage people to do that. In Australia, uh, NFL Australia and New Zealand shared the, the link just today. Um, on their socials to the path of the playoffs predictor. Um, so we're going to be using that, just run through the next couple of weeks and pick a couple of games. And then we'll put the bracket that we uh, we predict. So g'day, Gridiron. I'll stick that up on our socials uh, for everyone to have a bit of a look at. So, boys, are you ready? Ready. All right. So, obviously, Rams beat the Saints today. So let's run through the rest of the games real quick. Uh, Bengals Steelers. Yeah, Bengals. <laughs> God, silence. Uh, silence from Bengals. you two. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right. Uh, uh, I don't think Aussie for fantasy boys, by the way. Just just gonna say the fantasy boys gonna be watching, sniping some of our tips as well. So not necessarily. This isn't this isn't necessarily what we're picking, but. Yeah, let's see yeah, them. Let, let's see them try. <laughs> let, let um, them. Let them. Collectively, we're we're spanking them. Brad's on a heater, <laughs> so let's see him try. <laughs> um, Bills charges. 
Bills. Bills. Yep. I'm just going to agree with you if I agree with you. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you you're an idiot. Um, Colts, Colts, Falcons. Now, I'll be honest. This one's a toss-up for me. I know you're pretty pro Colts. Yep. But <laughs> I'm pretty pro um... Minshew. I'm also pretty pro Arthur Smith getting fired. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but if this one, it's at Atlanta, so I struggle a little bit with this. So I'm going to defer to you guys. Major tiebreak. Uh, I I lean towards the Colts here. Okay, we'll go Colts then. Um, Packers Panthers Packers. God. Well, who would pick the Panthers yeah, in that matchup? Uh, Seahawks, Titans. Mm. Seahawks, Seahawks for sure. Um, I'm, I would go Seahawks, Brad. All right, Seahawks, because Levis could be out yet. Well, he's definitely injured, so um, that's a big thing. If he was fully healthy, I would probably lean the other way. Um, Commanders, Jets. God damn it, this game. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter for the playoffs, but Jets, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Browns, Texans. Browns. Browns. B rounds. Uh, yeah, I'm going to defer to you two. Lions, Vikings. Lions. I've got Lions here. Okay. I'll go that, even though you're both wrong. Uh, Jags, Buccaneers. <laughs> Uh, this one, this one to me is a toss-up. Uh, it all depends on if uh, uh, touchdown Jesus is going to play. He's not playing. He's unlikely to play. He's unlikely to play. So I, okay. uh, I mean, it's Bucks. Come on, Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, Baker Bucks. Bucks. Baker's Bucks. Uh, Cowboys Dolphins. 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 Brad is so. Down. It's not even man. It's not even man. John's patented reverse jinx. It's just. <laughs> oh, he's uh, not even sure. I'm tired oh, of getting oh. disappointed. Cardinals Bears. Oh Bears. Actually, I was going to say Cardinals, but um, so I'll let you decide. Uh, that's a very hard one. Bears. It's at home. Um. Patriots, Broncos, doesn't really matter too much. Broncos. 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 Raiders, Chiefs. Chiefs. Eagles, for sure. Uh, Ravens, Niners. Brad? I am taking the Niners. So you make my picks. I'm leaning leaning the Niners this one. I mean, I I don't like to jinx my team, but I have to lean our way. All right. Uh, where are we? There's a gap here now. Week 17, you want to do it? Do it. Yeah, go for it. Jets, Browns. Doesn't really matter too much. Browns. 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 Lions, Lions, Cowboys. I'm taking Cowboys on that one. I'm going to take Cowboys on that one too. It's at home. Yeah, I'll... Yeah, I'll go with Cowboys for sure. Uh, Bills, uh, sorry, Patriots at Bills. 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 Falcons at Bears. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. That yeah, is a tough very one. tough one. Considering, um, considering Bears, Bears would be coming off a win from last week, from what we just said. And it's at and the it's Bears. At, it's at Chicago. I'm leaving Chicago. 
Bears, Bears. right? Titans at Texans. We should be hopefully with CJ Stroud back. Yeah, Texans. I mean, they beat the Titans without Stroud. If they have Stroud, they're gonna beat them again. Yep. Saints at Bucks. Ooh, where's it at? At Tampa. At Tampa. Uh Tampa. I'm taking Baker. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'd take the Bucks here as well. Uh Cardinals at Eagles. That's Eagles. Eagles. Uh Rams at Giants. Rams. 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 Ramadamalinglong. Uh Dolphins at Ravens. That's a good Ooh. one. That's a good one. That's, That's great. a great one because the, theoretically the Ravens are coming off a tough loss. Yep. And It'd the Dolphins. The one seed. And the Dolphins would be coming off a win. So it'd be 11 and 4 versus 11 and 4. Oh. For the one seed. Oh, I, oh I'd, I'm going to lean towards the Ravens because it's in Baltimore and I trust yeah. them more. I agreed. Baltimore. Totally agreed. Raiders at Colts. Colts. Colts, yeah. Colts. Panthers at Jags. Have to go Jags. Jags. Uh, 49ers. Um, they're playing the Commanders, by the way. It's just 49ers at yeah. this point. Um, yeah. Steelers at Seahawks. Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks. Bengals Seahawks. at Chiefs. Oh. Now, this that would actually be... still should be a good game. It would like, be. Even without Barbara. So this is a nine. Yeah. And, this would be the nine and six Bengals versus the ten and five Chiefs. Wow, it's I'm in Kansas the, City. I think yeah. I'd take the Chiefs in Kansas. I'm taking the Chiefs. Um, Chargers at Broncos. Broncos. Packers at Vikings. Vikings. Ooh, Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. I don't think they win. They're losing two weeks in a row for that. At this end of the season, Seahawks at Cards. This we're into week eighteen now. Okay, so we're into week eighteen. So we're yes, into week Seahawks. eighteen. So keep it in mind. I, I will. I will tell you some um, records because there will be some rests. Uh, Jets okay. at Patriots. It won't really matter for playoffs, but I think it'll be Jets. Uh, yes, yes. Bears at Packers. Will Packers. matter. That will matter. This will be the seven and nine Bears at the seven and nine Packers. Oh wow. Okay, uh, so in Lambo, it's in Lambo Packers. It's gonna be a, a snow game. You watch that one be a snow game for sure. Um, that would be epic. Yeah, Eagles at Giants. Eagles, Eagles. Browns at Bengals. Ooh. So the eleven and five, the eleven and five Browns, who would currently be sitting in as the fifth seed. Versus the nine and seven Bengals who are outside of the playoff picture. Ooh, I think the Bengals might steal that one. It's in, uh, it's in, it's in Cincy, yep. so I would have to go that way too. That yeah, would that because that would push them into the playoffs as well. Um, Steelers mm. at Ravens. Ravens would be at twelve. Ravens. Uh, yeah. Broncos at Raiders. The Broncos. Broncos. Oh, in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd still lean Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lean. I'm with Manja. I'm leaning Broncos. Okay. Jags at Titans. Jaguars. Jaguars. Yep. Jaguars. Uh, 
We got all three pronunciations in one hit then, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chiefs at Chargers. The 11 and 5 Chiefs at the 5 and 11 Chargers. Chiefs. Chiefs for sure. Uh, the 9 and 7 Texans at the 10 and 6 Colts. Ooh. Ooh. What were the Jags in that? Now the Jags have won, by the way, against the Titans. What a day. That would be 10 mm. and 7. Oh, so this one's potentially for the division, then. This, this is for division. Uh, this is this is divisional week. Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts is yeah. all about the division. <laughs> yeah, every game is a divisional game. That is true. So, yep. oh, what a, yeah, it's it's at Colts, yeah, we, and I would be almost going Colts. Colts, Colts. Yeah, I, I think I'd lean that way. Uh, Cowboys at Commanders. Cowboys, Cowboys, Vikings. Cowboys, of course. Vikings at Lions. Lions. Yeah, Lions because of their home. Uh, Bucks at Panthers. Bucks. Bucks. Falcons at Saints. Ooh. Oh, I go Saints. Yeah. At New Orleans. Rams at 49ers. Oh, uh, yeah. If we're going with this one, because the Niners would be resting. Potentially in the second half. And they've half. already got the number one seed locked up. Yep. Yeah, in this the, scenario. The, the, nine, the nine and seven Rams versus the 13 and three Niners. Rams. I, I'd i lean the Rams. Yeah. Because they're playing for their lives. For sure. Yeah. Okay. The 10 and six Bills versus the 11 and five Dolphins. Oh, man. Great. Oh, that's tough. That's a good one. That's for the t- AFC East. That is for the AFC I... East. Uh, the which would yes. So one will be end up being the three C. The other will be the fifth or sixth in that scenario. Oh, I'm going to go with the Bills here. Oh, oh, yeah. in Miami, in Miami, in Miami. I I know, I know. It's in Miami, but the Bills are heating up at the right time, and the oh. Dolphins. I'm not entirely. Not entirely sure. I almost, about, Brad. I'm yeah. almost going Bills as well because I sort of trust oh, them in a suck balls. I oh. trust them in a big moment. The problem is our our preseason prediction was that Dolphins would win that division. So I'm so, <laughs> so oh, actually, I am so conflicted. Go. We have to go Dolphins, boys. Otherwise, we're just fugues <laughs> at this point. Back yourself. Back yourself. <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, yeah, dolphins. Yeah, dolphins. <laughs> Why not? Dolphins. All right. All right. Yeah. So what's so, our playoff picture? So our playoff picture will end up as uh in the NFC, it would be 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Seahawks. Yep. In yep. the in the AFC would be the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Browns, uh, the Bills, and then the Broncos. Oh, no Jags, Ooh. yeah. So that Dang. would put that would put in the wild card round. That would put the Manjot can correct me if I'm wrong because he he knows off the top of his head. That would put the Eagles against the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, two by seven. Yeah, the Lions against the Rams. 
and the Bucks against the Cowboys. And mm. then the, in the AFC, that would put the Chiefs against the Broncos. So juicy. Uh, the the Dolphins against the Bills in a Week 18 rematch. Wow. And the Colts against the Browns. Hmm. Colts against the Browns. Yeah, wow. There's some good matchups. I like the my my personal favorite in that first week would would be the Rams and Lions because Stafford going back home against the Lions yeah. hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. I uh, saw that well. tweet today. Yeah, that's crazy. So yep, yeah, some really, really good matchups in that boys. We've done well there. Uh we might have given away some secrets. Um, but we'll see. It's week. It's week to week league. It's a week to week league, so we don't know. Uh, yeah, it's all speculation at this point. But we'll see how we go after week eighteen. We'll see where we ended up, uh, and we'll talk more about playoff matchups after that. Uh, of course, there will be some big things coming for the Aussie Gridiron Network uh, shows coming into the playoffs and during the playoffs. Um, so we will be uh, sort of. Cementing those down, nutting those out, and cementing those down over the next week or so, I'd say, Manjot, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Hopefully, you can and combine the shows like we did last year. Yeah, get everyone be, in. Be massive. It'll, it'll be great. All six of us. Massive, massive, massive. So apart from that, you see this. I'll put this playoff bracket brackets up on our socials. So make sure to check them out at G'day Gridiron on Insta and Facebook. Uh, make sure you check out Manjot at Pastry Press NFL. Um, check out our boys, as we talked about, in Aussie NFL Fantasy and Mark at No Huddle Dynasty. He's not doing a great deal right now, but Mark is always there, so send him some love if you would want to. Um, apart from that, we're going to be back after Christmas um, in that weird season between Christmas and New Year's, the, the gooch of the year, I guess you could probably call it. Taylor would call it that. Uh, <laughs> the final show of 2023. Yep, for the final show of 2023. We will be back at some point in that week uh, whenever we're all not busy and full of food. Um, so however you're spending Christmas, please have a good one. Have a safe one. Have some good catch-ups with your family. Spend some time with your family, friends, and uh, just have a happy, fun time for those holidays, however you spend these these times, um, whatever denomination you are, whether you are one or not, just have a good, fun, safe time. Um, and from G'day Gridiron, that's goodbye from me. Thank you, everyone. Take care, everybody. Go Cowboys. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty.